Life Audio. Welcome to the Real Refreshment Podcast. Join us as we dive into motherhood at the foot of the throne with your host, Rachel Carmen. If you are tired, overwhelmed, and feeling alone, this is the place for you. A place for real moms with real stories, seeking real refreshment found only in the living God. Take a minute to visit rachelcarmen.com and join the community of Real Refreshment listeners who are taking the dare to be in the Word as a top priority in the journey of motherhood. All right, let's kick off this latest episode of the Real Refreshment Podcast. Here's your host, Rachel Carmen. Welcome back, and we're going to continue on in our series, Attention Obsessive Compulsive Perfectionist Control Freaks. Chill out. We started last episode with the introduction and the explanation of those three terms, and we managed to get through C, the first letter in the eight-letter outline, chill out. And today, we are going to look at the next two letters, the H and the I and chill out, and we'll get to that right after this. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Okay, I want to do a really quick review of what we covered last time so that we can set the stage if you're jumping in with us now. I won't do the whole thing again. You can go over to rachelcarmen.com to pick up some study notes and a handy chart that I made explaining what I mean by obsessive compulsive perfectionist, and control freak. On the chart, I have how each one of those mindsets manifests itself, 
what their focus point is or what it's all about, and how those mindsets make other people feel. So spoiler alert, it doesn't really make people feel great about themselves. And so how do we turn that around? That's what this series is about. I'm hoping to be able to help arrest in you and see in yourself some issues that I've struggled through and wrestled through. By the grace of God, I really believe that I'm making progress. I think my husband would tell you that in 36 years of marriage. So right now, we want to pick up with the H. So we're spelling chill out, and this is going to be a five-episode series. We're in episode two. So H, the action item here is hit the brakes. If we want to recover from being obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, control freaks, we've got to hit the brakes and stop chasing after the wind in the world, in the words of Solomon from Ecclesiastes. And that's something I say over and over, but it could not be more pertinent than it is now. A lot of us are just chasing after the things of this world and we got to hit the brakes. So our verse for this point, I've got a verse for all of the points, is Mark 6, 31. And I love this passage. I think it's one of those passages in scripture. And I would argue that there are many of these. That doesn't get a lot of our attention and really does deserve it. It's one of those passages that we tend to just read over and get to what we think is the real meat of the passage. And in the process, I think we really miss something quite powerful. Um, If you put this passage, this one verse that we're going to look at in context, this is right after the fate of John the Baptist has been recalled. So if you want to review that, you can read all the verses before in Mark chapter 6, starting in verse 14. It tells what happened to John the Baptist, and it's not a great Uh, ending to his life story. And we'll talk about him in another episode. But what we see here is after that, Jesus has all the apostles gathered together, it says in verse 30, and they had gone out to minister in his name, and they've all come back, and they're telling Jesus about all of these things that happened. It says, they reported to him all that they had done and taught. And verse 31, our verse for this hit the brakes, is Jesus's response to his apostles. He says this, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while. I got to tell you, that verse, those words of Jesus just not only resonate with me, they're like a balm to me. I mean, this is beautiful. Here is Christ, Emmanuel, God with us, the Son of God sent to be the Lamb of God, sent here sent to die, right? And his ministry begins at the age of 30. He dies on the cross at 33. We're talking about this in this three-year period of his ministry, right? He's already enabled people who couldn't to walk. He's done all of these miraculous things, and yet we don't see Christ rushing around. Nor do we see Christ insisting on his apostles to rush around. In fact, we see very clearly in this passage that he is inviting them to get away with him, to rest. 
And so I see four things here that I want to point out to you, and I really hope that you can embrace these and see these um, and really come to rest in these. Especially as a mom, I'm going to say, I, I really felt like for a long time rest was my enemy. And what I see here is a clear directive from the Lord Christ that sometimes you need to get away and rest. And so the first thing... I want to say here is, he says, then because, just to reread the verse, then because so many were coming and going that they didn't even have a chance to eat. Don't you love that? Mom, have you ever had one of those days you didn't even have a chance to eat? I mean, maybe I had this day. I can remember days when I made peanut butter and jelly for everybody, right? That was the staple lunch plan around here. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, uh, it was a, a really fancy day. We might have ham and cheese, but peanut butter and jelly is pretty much a staple. On a napkin, can I get an amen? You know, that's what we would have. And there were days when I ate the crusts of everybody's sandwich. I'm, I know that that's true for somebody else out there. I mean, I'm not, I've got other things. I've got to nurse a baby. I've got to change a diaper. I've got to put a Band-Aid, right? There were things to do. And, and, and I love this. Because so many people, maybe mom, so many children were coming and going, you didn't even have a chance to eat. What is Jesus's response to a day like that? Maybe the day you've had today, or maybe the day that you keep having, right? Or maybe you're working and you have so many people coming in and out of your office making requests of you, right? Whatever it is, Jesus says, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. The first thing that I notice here is that he sees. Mom, dad, student, you need to know that Jesus sees you. So often we can get caught up in our homes and our responsibilities in the mundane every day of what we are called to do, what he has graciously, the opportunities he has bestowed upon us to participate in what he's doing to bring redemption to this world by whatever role we are in. Right, And if we look at it rightly, if we look at what we've been given to do today rightly, that it's an opportunity to honor Him and serve others, it changes how we do that no matter what it is, right? But you need to know He sees you right where you are in whatever task is before you today. He sees you. He saw the apostles. He saw that they were coming back from ministry. He saw that they had all of this that they wanted to tell him about and that they were exhilarated and they were exhausted. I can't tell you the last time that I have been exhilarated without very quickly also being exhausted. And you may be in a a time of your life of great celebration. You may be at a time in your life of great challenge. You may be at a time of your life of great tragedy. And you need to know that he sees you. He sees you. Secondly, I want to suggest that you need to know that there are days when there are so many things going on, the laundry, the kids, the messes, character quality issues, and not just in your kids, right? I know. Also in you. There are so many bills, so many meals, so many needs, right? Motherhood's demanding. It's demanding, And he knows that there would be days. He sees it and he knows. He feels your hunger. That's one of the glorious things about God with skin on. 
there are several examples, and it might do your soul good to study the Gospels and find them. There's so many examples of Christ being hungry and eating. God was skin on. He ate. He, he understands what it's like, Mom, to be hungry and to, to have a crust of bread because you got so much going on. He knew that there would be days when you didn't even have a chance to shower or to go to the bathroom. Now, I know that this is a universal experience for moms. I used to, when everybody was here, I would, you know, need to go to the restroom sooner or later. And I would endeavor before I went to the restroom to try to make sure everybody was set. Everybody was doing something, reading a book, maybe playing with Legos, right? Doing something necessary and quiet and good. I'm just going to go to the bathroom, right? And I would look around and everybody's good. Everybody's set. Everybody's situated. Nobody's arguing with anybody. There's, you know, I used to play, literally, I used to play classical music in the background. I was hoping that it would have a calming effect. Perhaps, you know, maybe somebody would play an instrument. That didn't actually happen at our home, but a a mom can hope. And so I would have the music playing in the background, hoping that that was a calming effect. Everybody's situated. And all I've got to do is go to the bathroom. And you know what happens, mom. And I'm convinced, I am convinced that there is a silent alarm that sounds that only small children can hear when a mother sits on the toilet. Because my kids suddenly need me. Everybody that was situated, everybody that was in the middle of a project or reading a book or maybe my girls used to love to uh, crochet or playing with their Legos, I mean... Sibling rivalry breaks out. The The baby needs to nurse. I mean, everything that could go wrong goes wrong. I just sat down, right? Look, God knows that there are days like that when you can't just sit down. And that's good news because so often we feel so alone in our stuff. And we think nobody sees, right? But he does see. He knows. He knows all of the demands on you. He knows everything you're trying to juggle. All of those things you're trying to get done just to get food on, just to feed the family, right? So he sees, he knows. Number three, he invites you to do what he knows you need to do. I want you to see this. He says, come with me. By yourselves. In other words, not the crowd, just you. Just you, to what? The spa? To a social media platform? To binging on your favorite streaming platform? No. You need to hear this. Jesus' answer for what you need is come away by yourselves, with me, to a quiet place. To a quiet place. What you and I need is to get away with Him. His invitation is that we would take a break with Him to refresh and recharge and exhale, to step away, to be alone with Him with no distractions, just you and Him, away from the screens and away from the stuff. That's what he offers. That's what he invites us to do, to get away with him. And he offers, number four, an exchange. An exchange, our exhaustion for his rest. 
Remember, in another passage, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Mom, what you and I need when we're exhausted with all the littles at home is time with him. The world tells us that we need to chase after the world, that we need a vacation, that we need another spa day, that we need to go shopping, that we need to be with our girlfriends. And none of those things are bad in and of themselves if they are done in the right order, and that's with him first. We need time with him first. There's some good news here. It's good for us to relax. It's good for us to sit a moment, to stop for a moment, because this is not a race. It's a marathon. It's a process. And this journey is not about figuring it all out. It's about praying and persevering. It's about his faithfulness. We'll come back in just a minute and pick up on I. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. All right, moms, we've done the C and the H, and now we're going to advance to the I in the world word chill for chill out our outline. I, our number three action item is we must, if we're going to chill out, if we are going to overcome our obsessive, compulsive, perfectionistic mindsets and behaviors, we have got to ignore the competition and the opposition. We've got to ignore the competition and the opposition. So our verse for this point is in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. That's just coincidental, I would suggest to you. But it, like its Romans passage that we had for the first point, begins with a therefore. Let me read it to you, and then we'll do some background and dive in. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, you'll note that the author of Hebrews loves salad. These are the jokes, people. Let us. This is a phrase that is throughout the book of Hebrews, and this is our first one in this passage. Count them. There are three. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Number three, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who... For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him so that you do not grow weary and lose heart. 
All right. As I've already mentioned, we do not know who wrote for sure the book of Hebrews, probably a close associate of Paul because it does have some Pauline nuance and sound to it, but it actually doesn't say who wrote it. But it's a powerful, powerful book. And our chapter here in Hebrews is right after the great chapter of faith. Chapter 11 of Hebrews is known as the Hall of Faith. And you should take time and read that because if you read, if you go through the chapter 11, it really sets the stage, at no surprise, for chapter 12 and this therefore that we slam into here at the beginning of chapter 12. So just as some reference, if you go back to chapter 11, in the very beginning of chapter 11, the writer of Hebrews defines faith. Chapter 11, verse 1 says this, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then the author of Hebrews goes on to list all of the faithful by faith, by faith, by faith. He talks about Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham and all of these other great men and some women of God in chapter 11. And I would encourage you to go back and read that as you review. The author through the entire book of Hebrews establishes the fact that Jesus Christ is better, better than the angels, better than the high, he's the best high priest, he's better than the old covenant, he's better than Moses. And you can go through and list all nine of the betters in the book of Hebrews. What we want to focus in here is how do we ignore the competition and the opposition? Well, let's look at this. I told you there were three lettuces in this passage. Let's take those apart for just a minute. First of all, we are admonished in these verses to, first of all, throw off everything that, there's two characterizations, one that hinders Everything that hinders, everything that is slowing you down, maybe you've got caught up in the idea that there's a formula, that there's a schedule, that there's, if you're a homeschool mom, a curriculum or some list of expectations, and you think that you are living and dying by those lists. I'm just going to tell you as someone perhaps a little further down the path, there is no formula, there is only faith. And if you're getting stuck up on some formula, some list that you feel like you've got to tick off, right? You need to throw that out. You need to throw that out. And the author of Hebrews would say, you got to get back to faith. You got to get back to faith. You got to throw that off. And second, the second thing we're supposed to throw off is the sin that so easily entangles. You and I are sinners. And so often we get comfortable with our sin. I wrote a whole book on this idea entitled, How Many Times Do I Have to Tell You? One of the premises of that book is it's so easy for you and I as moms to look and see the sin in our kids. We see our kids sin and we're we're just appalled by it. But the reality is we didn't grow out of being sinners. And we need to make sure that we continue to be mindful of the sin in our own heart. And sin easily entangles us. And it is easy for us to get really comfortable with our sin. 
Look, when a two-year-old throws themselves on the floor and throws a fit, it is a hideous thing. Look, I know how to throw a fit, and I can do it so well that nobody in the room can know. But here's the deal. It does not go unmissed by the Almighty. Nobody in the room may see my fit that I am throwing, my rebellious heart, my hard heart, my anger, my jealousy, my covetousness, my critical spirit. No one in the room may see that because I am too sophisticated to throw myself on the floor. But God sees it, and it entangles me. It prohibits me from moving on, from making progress. Second, he says, after we've thrown these things off, there's a progression here. After we have thrown these things off, those things that hinder, the sin that entangles, he says this, let us run with perseverance. We run with perseverance. We run with perseverance, meaning we keep on keeping on. Putting one foot in front of the other. I love what Elizabeth Elliot says, and this has become one of my life, my life goals, and that is that I would continue on no matter what circumstances I face, that I will continue on doing the next right thing. Not giving up, not wallowing in what's going wrong or going bad, but continuing on to do the next right thing. Thing. He says, run with perseverance, keep on keeping on, keep on moving on. What? My race. And here's where the point is ignoring the competition. Look, I'm supposed to run my race, and you're supposed to run your race. And what happens is you and I get distracted by each other's race. I find myself looking over my shoulder at your race. And I'm either making fun of the fact that you're doing so badly or I'm jealous of how easy I perceive your race to be. And that's not what we're called to do. Our races are not the same. God knows what he needs to, the path that he needs me to go on, the race he needs me to run, and it's different from yours. And I am, according to Colossians, to set my mind and my eyes on things above, on him and him alone. God has marked out my race. I'm not to be distracted by the competition. He's marked it out, and I need to not quit. I need to make sure that I am focused on him. Number three, let us, number three, let us throw off, let us run. Number three, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not on each other, not on each other. We are to encourage each other. We are to compliment each other. And I mean, compliment, not just in encouraging each other, telling each other you're doing a good job, but I mean, compliment, like I don't probably do the same things good that you do. So we come together and we compliment each other, not compete with each other. That's not what we're supposed to do. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, not on Pinterest or Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, but on Jesus. Those other things are doing us no good, no good at all. They are just inciting jealousy and covetousness and anger and all manner of things that are not good for our souls. 
We are admonished here in this passage to fix our eyes, not on a screen, but on a Savior, on Jesus, the author. He's the creator. He's the creator and the perfecter. He is redeemer. We're to focus on him, not on the mirror, not on a screen, not on Facebook, but Father but the Father. Not on Twitter, but our tower. Not on Instagram, but on the great I am. Not on a device, but on the divine. We are to fix our eyes on Jesus. And when we fix our eyes on Jesus, notice this, it continues on. Who? Jesus. For the joy set before him. What was the joy set before Jesus? He came to die. Three years of ministry. What was the joy set before Jesus? The joy set before Jesus was the glory of the Father. His death on Calvary brought joy to the Father. That was the joy set before Jesus. And it's the same joy set before you and I. That we would glorify the Father in word and deed. That's the joy set before us. That's the opportunity. He, had, he came to glorify the Father by paying your sin debt and my sin debt. It said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. I just want to tell you that you and I can endure a lot of things when we have the right joy set before us. When we are focused on the right thing. When we are determined to glorify the Father in word and deed, no matter what. You and I can endure. We can persevere. We can keep on keeping on when we dare to have the right things as our focus. When we ignore the competition and the opposition. Look, you and I have an enemy. Your enemy's trying to pick you off. And one of the main ways he's trying to do it today is he's trying to get you to focus on anything but the Lord Christ. He is trying to distract you. He is trying to get your eyes off of Jesus. It's not your imagination. Do you have a hard time focusing? Of course you do. And I'm going to tell you, if you're going to make the decision, if you are going to determine and resolve to stop focusing on anything but him, it's not going to happen instantly. It's going to take practice to literally focus on him. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but it is an astounding amount of time that the average American spends staring at a screen, doing all manner of things, playing games, scrolling, posting, texting, all of these different things. And you know what people will tell you? What people have told me? They don't have 10 or 15 minutes to have quiet time with God or to read through the New Testament or to spend time in prayer. And then I look at the statistics about how much all of us are spending on our screens. Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. You do. I do. It's a decision. And if we want, if we want to be transformed into the image of God's Son, which is the objective That's the goal. Then we've got 
to stop giving in to the devices and the distractions that the enemy is trying to do. He's trying to pick us off, and far too often we're participating in it. We've got to remember that our goal is transformation and the glory of the Father. It said, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, just like you and I can endure every day. Another diaper, another project, another phone call, another note, another ministry opportunity. We can endure it. Scorning its shame. Do you know that Jesus hung on that cross? The cruelest possible form of death. And I'm betting none of my listeners today have endured that kind of shame. Public humiliation. He scorned it. He was happy to do it to glorify the Father. Happy to do it to glorify the Father. Could you and I choose that kind of joy in everything we do every day? Yes, we can. He scorned its shame, and after the resurrection on the third day, you know what? Death did not hold him. The grave did not hold him. He resurrected on the third day, spent 40 days here with his disciples, charging them with what they need to do next, ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of Father because it's finished. He sat down because it's finished. And then here's our last verse, verse 3, Hebrews 12. We've done one and two. Here's verse three. Consider him. Consider him. The admonition here is the next time things get tough or you get tired, overwhelmed, consider him, he says. The next time it just feels like it's too much, it's too hard. The next time you just don't want to. Anybody? Yeah. Consider him. So that, why? Why consider him? So that you won't grow weary and lose heart. If we're going to chill out, if we're going to abandon the obsessive, compulsive, perfectionist, control freak mentality and mindset that this world and your enemy advocates for us to embrace, we've got to ignore the competition and the opposition. We've got to dare to chill out based on the truth of God's word. We've got to dare to lean in to his transformational power. And we'll pick it up right there next time. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you have a question or comment, we invite you to send it to info at rachelcarmen.com. And while you're at Rachel's website, check out her wonderful resources, including the Word in Motion Bible curriculum. We want to take a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. Moms, more than ever, we really do need each other. We need to be challenged, and we need accountability in the Word. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you in the next episode of The Real Refreshment Podcast. It's a crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.